Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 11. This week on the episode, I've got a conversation with Chad Moses of To Write Love on Our Arms. Uh, Chad and I talk a lot about the history of the movement, um, how they get involved in communities, some of the events that they're involved in, um, just a variety of topics. Um, I'm really excited to bring you this episode. Um, they're a fantastic organization that I'm a big fan of and I, I really like to support as much as I can. Um, I've name dropped them a few times on a couple different episodes. So, um, yeah, I, I don't want to take away too much from this conversation with Chad. So we'll jump right into it. Uh, at the beginning, we do joke about the fact that, uh, the number that I was initially given for him was wrong. So I was calling the wrong person. And Chad actually texted me to see if we were still on for the interview. So um, ended up, you know, working out and had a really great conversation. And here we go. Hey, man, how's it going? Good, you? I'm doing well. Sorry about that uh, number <laughs> snafu. No worries, man. I was like, I tried calling it twice and I was like, I'm wondering if something's not up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess most of the numbers are right. But, right, uh, right. Well, yeah, there's at least two that uh, that were mistyped there, but yeah. it's all right. It's early in the year. She gets a, a clean slate to, to start it. Yeah, she just got back from that, you know, that vacation and all that, so we'll let it uh-huh. slide. So, how are things going, man? Doing well, man. Doing well. Good, good. So, uh, basically, uh, I don't know how much she told you about everything, but uh, basically, this is for my podcast uh, and my website called You Make the Scene. Um just kind of a, a music journalism site, you know, do a bunch of interviews with artists, things like that. Um, but kind of one of my personal um, focuses, if you will, I guess, is mental health awareness. Um, and I've been a big fan of To Write Love on Our Arms for a long, long time. I actually went to the um, Purpose for the Pain tour back in the day with Renee. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so been following you guys for quite a while and when she said that there was an opportunity for it, I was like, yeah, let's definitely do that. So, uh, Right on, man. Well, thanks for thinking about us. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, basically it's going to be, you know, just everything that you want to talk about, and we'll talk about some of the history of uh, To Write Love in Our Arms and all that. But, um, yeah, so we'll just kind of jump into this, all right? Sounds good to me. Am, am I coming through clear enough? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Perfect. So... Um, yeah, basically to, to start with, let's just, uh, kick off with, you know, the, your name and kind of your background with To Write Love in Our Arms. Absolutely. So my name is Chad Moses. I am the director of outreach at To Write Love in Our Arms. Uh, I've been part of this movement since, uh, 2008. I, uh, moved down to be part of the very first internship program, um, back, uh, late May, early June of 2008. And, uh, and I never left. So we're... Coming up on, what's that, I guess uh, 11 and a half years yeah. now, and um, man, it's been just such a privilege to see this this movement grow and evolve, and uh, and yeah, it, but you know, the growth in evolving is cool, but I, I think seeing the things that, that remain the same, which is, you know, some time-honored friendships, seeing that this is a conversation that people are still eager and hungry to have, um uh, it's it's really encouraging. Um, not many things get to live past you know three, four, or five years, and and here we are essentially being able to 
to have a generational reset. Uh, the, the folks that first learned about us back in 2006, seven and eight, you know, they're, they're parents now. They're, they have kids that are starting to ask questions about mental health and uh, we're just thrilled to, to kind of see this next chapter come to the forefront. Awesome. And I, I think that's, you know, just kicking it off right here. I think one of the cool things that you guys do is you use the word movement. You know, it's not it's not a company. I, it is, but it's not. You know, that's not the focus for you guys. And I think that's probably contributed a lot to your longevity is that it doesn't feel like with what you guys are doing that it's just this corporate, you know, we're, we're putting on a show or anything like that. There's real passion behind it and a real desire to create an impact. And I think that's huge. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of hand in hand with that is the desire to, to keep it humble and to keep it honest that odds are the first time you heard about to write love in our arms, whether it's you, Josh, or, or you, the listener, uh, you probably didn't hear about it from the mouth of a staff member you likely heard about us through a friend or a family member or maybe your favorite artist or, uh, you know, who knows, maybe somewhere on social media. Uh, but all that to say, this is a movement in that we have grown in leaps and bounds uh, due to people that we will never have the opportunity to thank. Um, people that were simply showing up for a friend uh, at a difficult moment and, and mentioned us in conversation. So this, we, we, we quickly found that if we are to continue to exist, then we have to say something that's bigger than ourselves. And we have to empower a message that's more than just T-shirts, more than just branding, more than just what individual tours we happen to be on, uh, but something that hits people in the workplace, in the classroom, on social media. Uh, so the idea of movement is it's you know, not necessarily in contrast to an organization or to a company, but that's really our, our wink and nod and uh, appreciation and gratitude towards the people that have introduced us to so many others. Yeah. And I, I think it kind of remains that like grassroots feel, um, you know, like you said, it's typically people don't directly find out about you. It's through someone else or through, uh, you know, one of the many, many, many artists that have supported you guys over the years. Um, you know, for me personally, I, if I remember right, you know, it's been over a decade ago now at this point, uh, I believe it was, I had seen a picture of Haley Williams in a, you know, uh, a live shirt is what the logo was. And then um, Switchfoot, John from Switchfoot had posted something about it. And I was like, man, what is this, you know, and just started kind of digging. And it was one of those things, once I just scratched the surface of it, I was hooked. Like, there was so much about Renee's story that um, I had seen in myself and some of my friends. And I was like, you know, it was not to get all, you know, emo, if you will, or whatever. But it was one of the first times that it was like, you know, I'm really not alone in this fight. For mental health and uh, I think that's been the key is that with all the things that you guys have done it never feels like anybody's alone you know it's such an inclusive thing you don't have to be somebody special to be a part of it yeah man I, I think you hit on a, a number of magic moments there um, and for those of you that are unfamiliar with us uh, we did start um, back in 2006 over a decade ago 
really just as an attempt to help a friend and, and tell her story. So the name to write Love on Our Arms is actually the name of a two-page story, literal uh, words on a page, uh, that was written by our founder, Jamie, uh, written about his friend, Renee. And the story was about Renee's first five days in recovery from cocaine addiction and finding help with self-injury all through the context of community. Uh, so through the telling of this story, uh, people said the exact same thing that, that you just said, that, wow, like maybe I'm not alone in this. Maybe I'm not the first person to struggle with this. Maybe hope and help are options for us as well. Uh that's exactly how I learned about the organization, you know, uh, over a decade ago, these words, depression, addiction, self-injury, suicide, they were chapters in my own story. And as I was kind of pulling my life together, I learned about this, this movement and, uh, read the story and said, man, like if, if they can talk about it, if they feel safe talking about this stuff then, then maybe I can too. So what we found, you know, through your anecdotal retelling of, of how you learned about us and, and mine is, is that this is a story that is replicated thousands and thousands and thousands, maybe even millions of times by this point. And it's something that Renee would say herself, that there's nothing necessarily unique about her story, nothing necessarily unique about the questions that she has. But she took the opportunity to, to share that story. So we found that people are ready to talk about mental health. They're ready to talk about behavioral health. But so often we're waiting for someone to say the first word. Um, so I think if To Write Love could do anything, we're, we hope that the words that we say to people aren't the first time that you've heard you are worthy of love or your life matters or today needs you, that you have changed this planet simply by existing. We hope you've heard that somewhere before. But so often people are waiting for that ice to break before they uh, take the next step in that conversation, whether it's with us online or whether that's finding a counselor. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I think your story, even though it took place 10 years ago, is something that we still see on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of one of the, the big things, you know, going back to that, um, the two page story, I've read it a few times from Jamie and. Um, there's the video of him kind of doing the voiceover for it. And I'm sure I'll post that, you know, along with this so people can check that out. But, you know, I, I think kind of the eye opener was there are people that, you know, we look up to in these musicians and that, you know, we in some way, you know, want to be a part of or connect with or whatever. And then when they started speaking about it, it, it was one of those, it really puts it in perspective that, it can affect anybody, you know, it, it doesn't matter what your social status is or how cool or, you know, popular you are, like, it can happen to anybody. And, you know, like you said, it's okay to talk about it. It's more than okay to talk about it. For sure. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ditto did, did to all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, with you doing the, you know, kind of community growth and, and things like that, the, the outreach programs, um, Let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff you guys have done over the years and, you know, what you're going to be doing moving forward. So, like, like I said at the beginning, I found out about you through the, the purpose, well, prior to the Purpose for the Pain Tour, but um, I ended up going to that when it was here in Indiana, um, which was an incredible event to have Renee there to, you know, kind of tell the story herself, um, read from her, her journal and everything. It was... It, 
I actually posted about it on Facebook, I don't know, probably four or five months ago, if that, and um, that literally was the night that I decided that my life was worth fighting for, you know, so um, hearing her be that open, I was like, you know, it's time for me to be that open. Let me tell my story to my friends and and whoever to try to help. So um, going back to the events, you know, heavy and light, you know, purpose for the pain. Um, you want to talk about some of those and kind of what the plans are for the future, but also where where you've come from so people understand the, the growth? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, most people, uh, they do associate us kind of with the the punk hardcore um, emo screamo scene, uh, and, and that's because uh, really the first uh, music festival to take a chance on us was the Warp Tour, yep. and that was our our home uh, really for uh, for the early part of our story. The, that was a place where we could easily connect with some incredible influencers and easily connect with a, a passionate. Uh, fan base uh, of, of music attendees and and really just feel this kind of synergy during the the heyday of of the warp tour and you know from there uh, we realized look like these issues they can't be defined by the color of your skin or your uh, preference in music or uh, how old you are or where you are geographically or or any of these things that uh, really mental health issues are equal opportunity and uh, keeping that in mind, we want to be in front of as many people as possible. So it, it's really funny. Like we, uh, while so many times we will show up to a music event, people will say, man, like, it's great that you still exist. I remember you from 2009 at Warped Tour and, you know, we're having this conversation at the middle of a EDM show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, you know, well, I'll be at a bass nectar event and people will say, dude, I, I remember when you guys were touring with, uh, the almost. And it's like, yeah, like, you know, it, as people grow, as our lives change, odds are our, our uh, preferences and, and art will change as well. So just last year, we were able to be present at over 104 different live music or lifestyle events. Um, so it's more than just music for us. We try to be at, uh, at yoga events. We try to be at pride events. We try uh, to be... Um, where we're going to be getting more into uh, like competitive running. So we're, uh, we have our own 5K event, but this year we're also going to be present at the LA Marathon. Um, so we try to be wherever people naturally come together to, to do life, to, to find community. Um, because again, like no one people group can lay claim to any of these issues. And so we want to encourage a conversation wherever people are interested in hosting that conversation. Yeah. And I, I think kind of one of the things that goes into that, you know, especially with joining into like, like you said, the different groups, like the running um, marathons and pride organizations and things like that. I think the important thing for you guys and what's probably helped you be as successful as you've been in growing this movement is by doing that, at least from my perspective, by doing that, you're you're approaching people and letting them approach you in a place where they're already comfortable and feel safe. So it's much easier to open up. It's not as forced of a a conversation or anything like that. 
For sure. Yeah. And I mean, this kind of ties into an earlier part of your last question. You were asking about some events that, that we host. And, and honestly, those events are few and far between. Um, so we do have an annual event that we call Heavy and Light, which is a, a night of conversation, of music and community. Uh, we do our annual 5K event, uh, which takes place in our hometown in Florida, uh, but is also a virtual component uh, that is worldwide. Um, and we... Uh, we do these uh, speaking tours from time to time, but the vast majority of our events are places that we've been invited to show up. Um, a lot of times, um, you know, these are events that, thank God, we don't have to plan uh, or book the event ourselves. Right. Uh, but, uh, but the festival uh, promoters or the event planners say, look, we see value in the conversation that you're hosting, and, and we want to make sure that you're on site in order to provide, you know, some unique sense of value back to the attendee. And we do that through a number of ways. We hope it's not that you just leave with a new piece of merchandise, but wherever we go, we travel with information on how you can find mental health resources within your own neck of the woods. So the vast majority of our conversations, whether that's behind a booth or whether that's online through social media, uh, we're going to eventually point people towards our website uh, and specifically the Find Help page of our website. And there we have a tool that you can find free and reduce costs of mental health uh, agencies and resources specific to your own zip code. And that's operating in every single zip code in the United States currently. Uh, we also have some international resources listed on our website. Uh, but for us, you know, nothing is going to beat having a consistent uh, face-to-face interaction with someone in your own backyard. If the conversation needs to start online, so be it. But our hope is connecting more people to more people. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, again, kind of the the cool thing. It doesn't mean, like you said, you don't just necessarily grab a new shirt that you like and and move on. The conversation doesn't necessarily stop there. The help doesn't stop there um, when you leave the, the event there's still more outreach that, that can be done and, and assistance. Um, so, you know, like I just jumped on the website real quick to double check that you, like, I believed you obviously, but I just wanted to see kind of what type of, um, groups were there or whatever, even in my area. And there's a handful of different therapists that pop up and stuff like that. So, I mean, that is super cool because I'm in a relatively small town. So, um, you know, I think that'll be something that we're obviously going to put the link to for you guys as well. Um, and I think it's important that people know that, you know, the stigma of mental health, unfortunately, got super bad for a very long time. And it's, I feel like it's starting to lift a little bit, but it's, it's not the black sheep thing anymore. You know, like, it's okay to get medication if you need medication. It's okay to go talk to a therapist and, and things like that. It's it's necessary. You know, I mean, quite honestly, it's something that I think personally everybody needs to talk to a therapist at least once in their life just to to have that um, that openness and, and lack of judgment, you know. For sure. And, you know, kind of uh, playing to your point that, seeing kind of a shift in the stigma, so to speak. And I think, you know, for many of us, we just got tired of seeing the results of staying too quiet. And, you know, when in one calendar year, the music scene loses Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, you know, 
we we have to take a hard look in the mirror and say what is it that that separates me and Chester and and Chris and and honestly I think the only thing is is just uh, a couple commas in the bank account right. you know like <laughs> yeah. we we are we are all human we all are drawn to art we're all drawn to to people we all have questions we all have felt betrayed or alone at some point and and like you said that's okay that what you don't your life does not need to be polished or put together before it's shared you know like yeah. you're you're able to experience true community and true value in relationship despite what is currently going on in your life and you know this is something that that we are immediately reminded of um so actually just in three days uh, i'm going to be uh flying over to california to start a tour with uh with band scary kids scaring kids and um this tour, we're really looking forward to it. Um, these guys reached out to us at the end of last year. Uh, they wanted to celebrate the 15th anniversary of their breakout album, um, but they also wanted to honor their their friends, uh, their vocalists, their lyricists who, who passed away several years ago, Tyson. Mm-hmm. And we're just honored to to kind of kind of stand in that gap, to live in that tension that you know we can celebrate and and we can weep that we can be aware of the growth that we've had and we can also be aware of some of the empty seats in the room. And that, that is what life looks like. Um, but I think the only way to approach that incorrectly is to do that in silence or not to say that there isn't space for silence, but to pretend like nothing is different. Um, we owe more to our stories. We owe more to our friends and family than just pretend like this shit doesn't hurt. Um, so the question is, what do we do with that pain? What do we do with those questions? And I think the appropriate answer is to welcome more people into it because odds are we're not the only ones asking those questions. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, no matter how traumatic somebody's story may be, there's somebody out there that's had very similar. I mean, I'm, I won't say it's identical because, you know, everything's obviously got its own tweaks and, and challenges, but there's someone out there that's been through something that is very, very close to what you've been through. And, you know, there's, there's people that understand what you're going through. And I think that's important. Totally. And, and I think that's the best way to break the silence is, is to know, um, know that you are not alone, uh, that you can speak of your story, you know, confidently and all my years of touring and all my years of speaking, uh, I can recall just one real time that someone really pushed back and basically said that these issues aren't real. Uh, I remember I was speaking at a, at a conference and uh, this gentleman walks up, he's wearing a fancy suit and he approaches our booth with his granddaughter. Uh, I tell him what we're about and he looks to his granddaughter and says, oh, well, thank God we know anyone like that. Uh, that we don't know anyone that's depressed or wrestles with suicide or addiction. And I took that moment to perhaps overstep my boundaries <laughs> and, and challenge him and, and say, well, man, I don't know if that's anything to be thankful for. Uh, odds are you don't have to look too far to find this pain within your community. So you not knowing who in your community is struggling, that's perhaps an indictment on the depth of your relationship or the breadth of it that, people might not just trust you with that story. So 
buddy, I, I'd encourage you to dig a little bit deeper, to to not insulate yourself, to not say, uh, I'm so thankful that I'm not burdened by this, but to say, man, if, if I have light in my life worth sharing, share it. And if I have some heavy junk going on in my life, then I can share that too. Maybe I don't have to carry that all by myself. And this really kind of takes me back to, uh, to um, I guess, uh, a little parable, not really a parable, but a saying that uh, a mentor of mine told me when I was first starting to get my life back together. And he told me that the only difference between shit and manure is purpose. That, you know, they both came from a cow's butt. It just depends on what you do with it. Are yeah. you going to shovel it away? Are you going to run from it? Or are you going to allow some growth to happen through it? Yeah. And, man, that the miracle of seeing that growth happen is is worth so much more than trying our best to, to not get stinky, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, kind of, I've not heard that specific one, but I like it. Um, I actually just told a friend, um, she was you know, venting to me the other day and just said that she feels like parts of her life are just shit right now. And I was like, you know, roses only blossom when they're fertilized. And, sure. yeah. you know, that hit for her. She's like, I can grow from this. You know, it is. And that's what it's about. It's about growing. It's not about heal. I mean, healing, yes. But like, you're not just closing a wound for the surface value. You know what I mean? It's not just what's on the surface. It's about truly growing and healing internally. And I think one thing that I've brought up, I spoke with a, a guy named, an artist named Diletto, and we were talking pretty pretty in-depth about social media and the toxicity of social media. Um, and, you know, so many people take Instagram, for example, at its face value. If everybody's life was really what they were putting on Instagram, then nobody would have any problems. <laughs> so, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So stop believing that whoever it is, Kim Kardashian, for God's sakes, just because she posted another great selfie doesn't mean she's not wrestling with something in the background. You know, um, We only put forward what we want people to see, and I think that's the, the big thing is when you accept or begin to start accepting who you are and putting forth the real you, you're going to end up surrounding yourself with a lot of people that are very similar and that can kind of help carry that weight and help you shine where you shine. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. And I, I guess, you know, for anyone, um, that's, that's looking to kind of, uh, bolster their social media, um, you know, the, the health of their social media, uh, involvement, uh, try this. You know, we're not going to say unfollow every <laughs> model or every influencer, but uh, for every one that you do follow, why don't you go ahead and just follow like a dog account or right. you know, like a, a cute animal <laughs> account? You know, like <laughs> bring bring some levity to the situation. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that's one of the things is as we've become more accessible in that sense with social media, we've also kind of disconnected from reality in a in a way. You know, people are. So quick, one of the things we talked about was like Facebook posts. If someone posts a, a long Facebook post, instead of reading it, more often than not, people just hit that thumbs up and don't really dive into a, to the words because it's not truly social anymore. You know, everybody wants that instant gratification, that, that quick, quick fix, if you will. 
and they're not really having those conversations. And I think that's the importance of, of your movement, especially, is it's opening the doors and windows and every possible opening you can to let those conversations happen. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you said, um, you know, social media is not real life and that's not just the content that's on there, but also how life is experienced. Uh, someone brought to my attention, you know, the, a uh, couple months back, how odd it is that Instagram and Facebook, uh, use the language of stories and how, how disappointing it is that these stories have a time limit on it, right? Mm -hmm. Like these stories will disappear from the internet after 24 hours. And that's not how impactful stories happen. Uh, Not for the thousands of years that we've been on this planet, millions of years that we have been walking side by side with one another. Stories are things that are meant to be passed on to one another. They're meant to have an audience. They're meant to have people in your life to say, yeah, me too, or yeah, I didn't hear it quite that way, but maybe we can blend these together. Or, you know, stories are meant to be retold, not to be hit once and and disappear. And I don't know what better word for Facebook or Instagram to use. I'm, they don't pay me enough money to, to worry about that. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but I think it, it, we have to, as a, as a society, reclaim that word, that it's more than a 30-second clip, that a story is something that is revisited, a story is something that is retold, a story is something uh, that is translated, a story is something that you can write notes in the margins. Stories are better when they're unabridged, you know? Stories uh, deserve people uh, to, to believe in, uh, in what the process was to make that story and to believe in the next chapters that are yet to be written. Yeah. And I think that's one thing, you know, I noticed you did it earlier and Jamie's done it a lot when he talks. Um, and that's using the, the word chapters when you're describing parts of your life because your life is the story, you know, and it deserves to be told. It, it deserves to be shared. Yeah. I mean, uh, after, I mean, I was just talking with Jamie the other day. Uh, it's wild. Um, he has a birthday coming up. Happy birthday, Jamie, if you're <laughs> listening. Um, but yeah, like, you know, we've been a part of each other's lives. Uh, uh, he's been a part of mine for a third of my life. I've been a part of his for, uh, for a quarter of, of his. And, uh, what's wild is that neither of us knew each other 10 years ago. And, uh, so stories are other things that, you know, they invite new characters in. And uh, while we don't always get to choose what stories we're a part of, we do get to choose how we react to them. Um, and at To Write Love, I can speak for the entire staff when I say this, we will opt for a posture of invitation, uh, of welcoming people into our stories and, uh, and anticipate being welcomed into other people's. Yeah, and I, I think that's hugely important is, like you said, we don't get to, to choose what our story is, but we can choose how to react or what role we're going to play in those stories and, and what roles we'll play in other people's stories. And I don't know. I mean, there's very few movies or books that I've read that I'm like, man, I really wish I was that bad guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it just doesn't happen. But right. Um, so, yeah, you guys, you're going to be out on tour with uh, Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, and then you've got some some other events coming up. Um 
talk a little bit about like I guess the plans. You know, again, Warp Tour obviously was huge for you guys, but the plans for um, just trying to get around the country as much as possible. Um, you know, to to be in those events for people or. How can people reach out if they have an event to maybe get you guys there? You know what I mean? Right on. Well, we, we love uh, – I'll start with that last question because we love it so much that uh, when if you are listening to this and you're saying, man, like this sounds like a conversation that should come to my town. Well, maybe I'll just wait until they swing through Indiana. Uh, well, I just encourage you to send us an email. Uh, say, hey, here's um, – Here's where I'm at, whether that's a university or a high school or a community of faith or a music community. Uh, send us an email to booking at Um We'll be able to tell you where we're going to be, when we're going to be there. Uh, we'll be able to tell you different ways that you can uh, perhaps get us there, whether that's uh, other interest groups in your area or working with your school uh, to, to bring us in, whether that's a high school or a college. Uh, there are options. Um, so uh, we are uh, already filling out our spring and summer uh, as far as music festivals go. Uh, like we talked about, I'll be on the road with Scary Kids Scaring Kids. That's uh, mainly on the West Coast and down into Texas. Uh, Jamie, meanwhile, will be uh, in the UK with our friend Noah Gunderson uh, playing some uh, shows over there. Um, we have... Uh, uh, let's see here, some huge festivals coming up with Okeechobee uh, in Florida, M3F Festival in Phoenix, uh, talking to the good folks at Bonnaroo currently, talking uh, to the folks at Danny Wimmer Presents. They put on Epicenter and Welcome to Rockville and Sonic Temple. Uh, all that to say, I, I can keep throwing names at you, but um, but we're going to be busy this spring, this summer. and. It's not for the sake of, you know, adding air miles or, or road miles, uh, but it's really all in the hopes of meeting you, meeting your friends, meeting uh, your family, and to say, look, like, we're, we're on this planet together, and for as long as you've been here, I haven't taken a breath without you on this planet. In fact, you know, we, we refuse to imagine this world without you in it. Uh, so we're there hoping to, to meet as many people, to close as many gaps as possible, to connect people that are looking for help to options and avenues for that help. Awesome. And then <clears throat> for people that maybe just want to spread the, the word, obviously they've got all the social medias, which I'll link below. Um, do you guys have like marketing kits that you guys offer online or anything like that to you know post flyers and, and whatnot? Uh, sometimes we do. Uh, that kind of depends on what season we're in, uh, if we're gearing up for a campaign. So our next biggest campaign is going to be uh, for our Run For It 5K event. Uh, we will have some digital assets for you in the near future. Um, if you are a high school student listening to this, we do have a high school-specific campaign that we call Between the Bells. Uh, so you can learn more about that on our website under the Get Involved page. Uh, there we do have some uh, digital and physical assets uh, that we are able to send to schools that apply to be part of that campaign. Um, but yeah, if you see anything on the website and you're like, man, like it'd be killer to have a, a, a printout of that, uh, just send us an email. Uh, we know where all the files are hiding. So right. uh, send us an email if you have any questions, if you have ideas on how we can fit within your community, uh, definitely let us know and, and we'll see what we can do together. Awesome. 
that's really all I've got for you, man. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time today to, to do this. Uh, we've talked about, I think, most things, but just in case, is there anything else you'd like to, to tell people or anywhere you'd like to direct them as far as, um, you know, information, getting involved, telling their story, anything like that? Totally. So if you're listening to this right now, uh, this you're probably uh, familiar with the idea of what a podcast is and where to find more of them. And if you do have time in your schedule for another podcast, uh, To Write Love on Our Arms, we do have our very own podcast. We just wrapped our second season, uh, so it's not too much to catch up. Uh, but definitely check us out at TWLOHA.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, just search for our, our entire name, which is To Write Love on Her Arms. Um, we mentioned the find help page, but just to say it one more time, if you or someone you love is struggling, uh, there are options for you. And the resources listed on our find help tool, uh, are, uh, many of them do work at a free or reduced cost options. Um, so yeah. And even then, if you have questions about what it looks like to, uh, to kind of meet that financial barrier for treatment or recovery, send us an email. Uh, you are never out of reach for some caring eyes and ears to, to receive your story and to point you in the right direction. And lastly, if you find yourself in a moment that you aren't able to physically ask for help, if you aren't able to use your voice in order to get the attention that you deserve, uh, then please uh, send a text to, or you can just type Tuoloha, T-W-L-O-H-A, to the number 741-741, and that'll connect you to our friends in the crisis text line. And they're there uh, standing at the ready 24-7, 365, uh, ready to help you navigate whatever it is you're walking through. So whether you see us on the road or online or just a T-shirt in your neighborhood, please know that you have a team behind you, that you're not alone. Awesome, man. I really appreciate it. I'll have you know links to as much of that stuff as I possibly can. Um, and again, you know, appreciate everything that you've you've done, uh, the the whole movement. Um, you know, it's I think probably at least in my life, and I'm sure countless others. It's it's one of the most impactful things to to see and and grow with. Oh man, we're we're flattered to call you a friend, and and thank you for allowing us to be part of your life. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. All right, take care, Josh. You too. And that was my conversation with Chad. So hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I know I did. Um, to Write Love on Our Arms is very near and dear to me. As I said in the interview there, um, it was at one of their events that I decided to kind of take my mental health uh, seriously and um, start working towards a change, being more vocal about my my struggles and trying to bring more awareness to uh, mental health and mental health awareness. So, um, hope you guys check them out as well as crisis text line. Uh, I will have links to both of them below. Please guys, please save the crisis text line phone number in your phone. Um, you may not need it now. You may not ever need it. Your friends may not need it now. They may not ever need it. But if the time ever comes that that phone number is needed, I want it to be in your phone instead of you having to try to find it in your time of need or in a friend's time of need. Um, they're an amazing organization. I 
want to try to get them on the show at some point, so I'm going to be working on that. So stay tuned there. Uh, Next week on the episode, I have Aaron Wood of the band Ashland. This is going to be episode number 12. And we talk about uh, my album review that happened in episode number five. Uh, They've listened to that, and we talk about some of the stuff I talked about on that, uh, as well as, you know, kind of how they got started and, and all of that. I'm telling you guys right now, they're a band to keep on your radar. They're going places. I'm putting it on the board right now. They are going to be a breakout band of 2020. Um, just huge opportunities for them. The The sound that they've got is different but familiar. And it just, you know, as I talk about in that episode, which you guys will hear, um, they're different. But there's so many elements from familiar bands that it it feels like they've been around longer than than what they have. Um, so anyway, hope you guys check out that episode. Uh, please give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever, you know, they call it on your particular podcast, uh, listening platform. Uh, also head over to the website, head over to our Facebook. Uh, we do have new merch. Um, so that's cool. We also are doing a charity shirt. Uh, we actually have two shirts that are Profits from each shirt are going to go to help Australian bushfire relief. Um, One of the shirts will go towards uh, the Australian zoo um, and, you know, more of like the animal side of the relief. Uh, The other shirt will go towards the Red Cross in Australia to help provide for families that maybe lost their homes or loved ones and, you know, try to rebuild um, from the destruction that's happened down there. Uh, that's all I've got for you guys this week. Going to do the outro a little bit differently. We're not going to play the same outro that we normally play. This week, uh, I am going to give you guys a clip of the song Gotta Go by Ashland. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Let me know. Hope you guys listen next week to hear uh, Aaron and I's conversation. And please, guys, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And remember... You make the scene.